Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of If You're Happy You Know It with me, Miles Chapman, Ricky Grover and Sam Underwood. Now we are, I don't know if it sounds a bit different here, we're in a different place though, we're in London. We're in London, we're showing yeah. off, we're showing we're, off. Yeah, we've come up the big smoke, decided to do it. We've got on yeah. a train and everything, although yeah. the trains are you not panic. Pro- you panic, you panic at King's Cross, that's a calm you down, isn't it? You don't have to calm you down. It's all the tunnels. You do you know what threw me out of King's Cross? I come outside and the food stalls was gone. <laughs> well, like, they're normally all there, I come out and I was looking around and I thought, Am I, have I come out the right place? You know, you thought. But you they're were... only there two days a week. That's oh. what they Ah, they're not there every day. See. That's what throws Yeah. I must <laughs> yeah, have been no. really lucky. It's the only time I've come there and yeah. then it wasn't there. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're there two days a week. And it is, unless it's nothing to do with depression or anxiety, but I, st- I, I still. Oh, yeah, I, I was so depressed. I was no, no, I Ricky, Ricky was in bits. I was in bits. I was sobbing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I still find it amazing that King's Cross has become what it has because it used to be. Probably the worst place in London about twenty years ago. It was terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible yeah. place. And it's a, it's it's independently a, a really good night out. Kings Cross now loads of bars, restaurants, yeah. decent places to go. Yeah. Used to be just well awful, unnecessary, unnecessary evils get to the West End. You writing for Lonely Planet now? What's going I on? am. I yeah, that sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Magneta <laughs> Divine. Do you remember? Her? Do you remember on? Um, no, everyone look at me blankly. Never mind. Let's move on. Uh, right. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we uh, what we so we've got a few things to talk about today. Yeah. First thing I want to talk about, Ricky, you have changed therapists, haven't you? Yeah, well, oh, have you? yeah. But I mean, that's personal. I, I, I didn't yeah. think you're going to just say say that. I was just talking to you down the road. I said I've changed me for. But go on. I, I think that's a good it. thing to talk about. All right, then we will do it. So, how, so what? Firstly, what what made you change therapists? Well, the therapist I was seeing. She said, I think I'm going to move you on to someone who's a bit more experienced and she's going to be a bit tougher with you. Okay. Um, because I do, I'm one of them people who just try and talk about anything else rather than deal with it. And I think a lot of people in depression <laughs> do that. They try and put it on someone else. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, I think most therapists are just nosy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I think what they do, they get off on other people's things. So they other people's do, misery. Look. Think about it. Most most people with therapists went to a therapist somewhere along the way because they was depressed and they thought, hold on, this ain't bad. 100 quid an hour, I'll have, I'll have a pop of this. And not only that, I ain't got to deal with my own shit. I can start listening to other people's stuff and get lost in their stuff. I will, I will in defence of therapy, and I, I do think it's like any industry, there's some yeah, brilliant ones out there. there. Are. There's some okay there ones are. and there's probably some terrible ones as well. But And I think we've talked about this earlier on. It's finding the one that suits you. Because everyone is different and everyone's yeah. causes of depression and anxiety are different and therefore everyone's approach to feeling better. And you've got to find the person that fits with you. And I, I agree with you, though. I think a lot of therapists have been through it and I think that's a good thing because therapists can come from a point of empathy rather it, than it, saying it must be awful for you but I've no idea what it's like. It is. So, but yeah. should, I, should I tell you something? I am... That noise, was that in my head or did that... No, no, no. no yeah, it's your in your head, mate. Okay. <laughs> I am a qualified therapist how about that what should we talk about next we've had this before I'm telling you now I went I went on one of these weekends Paul McKenna NLP Neuro Linguistic Programming and I was there the weekend and at the end of it you get a little certificate to, to say it was the advanced one to say that I am so I could put up a little certificate in my front room get one of them chairs them laid back chairs and tell people, you know, what I think what I think, and what they should do and what they shouldn't do. So I think you've got to be really careful 
about finding a therapist and really sort of go into look nowadays people don't just go out for a meal do they they go and have a look on like TripAdvisor or they get on the internet and they and they they work out and find you know who's got the best ratings or you are it's word of mouth you are someone well that's it you it comes you know you I, I would never go and see a therapist cold you have to get recommended don't you someone say look I this person's great or I've used them. They've been really useful for me and helpful. So, And there's all types of therapy, isn't there? There's all, there's all like, I'm yeah. doing a thing now. Funny enough, the, the new person I see, I've only seen her once. I'm there again tomorrow. She seemed really good and she was quite strict with me. She was quite strict. And I need someone to sort of take the reins. She hit you. She did hit me, yeah. <laughs> she kicked me twice. <laughs> I, I just basically sat in the corner of my eyes. Did you have to strip? Up. No, I didn't. <laughs> but... She, what she done, she gave me a bit of paper, I brought it in today, and I have to fill it in. And you know I'm really dyslexic. She said, I'm going to give you this to take away and fill it in. Oh, there's a lot of questions you've got. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of questions, and I'm not all that good all that because of the dyslexia and all that. And I thought, she said, you've got to fill this in, and I thought, oh, I hope it ain't colouring. Because I, <laughs> I always go over the edges and all that. I thought, I, thought I, ain't, I hope it ain't something really silly. But I have to look. Here's my little bit of paper here. I brought it with me today to show no. you. Oh, is that what you... So Do you know what that looks like? A really shit timetable from a junior school, isn't it? And, and it <laughs> it's all, so, so what I have to do, this is cognitive therapy, by the way. Okay. So I've got to put cognitive down... Cognitive behaviour. Behavioural therapy, CBC. Yeah, I don't know what it means. You know what I'm talking about. It's good anyway. to find that out before you start. So can you be... Don't put that out everywhere. Anyway, so he's taking photos of everything. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Shall I, shall I have a look? Shall I, Sam and I have a look at it and see if we can understand what you're in with that help rather than you? Yeah, I don't even know what I, I can't remember. I basically just put on there walking the dogs and what I've had. And watering the garden. <laughs> ah, that's useful. Yeah, but better. Oh. Uh. But so what? So what he's got on there? Oh, it's like a diary. If you'd, you'd act, right, here we go. Activity diary. Yeah. Right, okay. What does that say? That doesn't say what well, I think what, it says, does it? What's this AOC5E? What does that mean? What's that one? So, that, it's all so that, one acronyms. of them's activity. You've got yeah. a fir- the first thing you put down is your mood, right. and then you put that down in percentages, and then you put... <laughs> Shut up. This is really serious. I'm talking about yeah, my little... Imagine you filling this in the state. I know. The state I'm in. And then I've got achievement at what I felt I achieved by. Then I've got closeness. And then, and then, and then I've got in how much I enjoyed it. So you go A-C-E. First how you mood and then A-C-E. It's the best thing I've ever seen. But you know the worst day? Have a, have a, look, have a look at Sunday. Have a look at Sunday. I don't think I moved off the set E, did I? And what, what have we got? Walk dog, shell 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 shocked. Shell shocked. What do you mean shell? Well, I felt so shell shocked because I felt so low. I didn't know how else to Go, explain. Self tape, MIB, not bothered. Yeah, do you know what that was? Yeah. Men in Black. Men in Black, you got a part in that. Men, well, Men in Black, I ain't got a part in it. They asked to see me for a part and they said, oh, we really like you. We'd like to see you do something else. And I said, oh. Playing I, one of the aliens. I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not supposed to declare that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so I said I don't really want to go all the way back up, you know, Old Street to, to audition again. If you if you really like me, I'll self-tape. So I don't right. need to self-tape and send it back in. So I don't and what I said, I'm not really that's not really I should be really excited. I shouldn't that's be quite, like, oh, yeah, that's quite a big thing. It's isn't a big it? thing. Of course it's a big thing. Well look, I I think you know, the the uh, do you know what? It's interesting you put that in there. I keep a diary. Yeah. Every day, and it's not a lot. It's just a line, or you know, a few words to say 
what I did and how I felt. Yeah. And it is really useful. And I'll tell you why it's really useful for me anyway. Yeah. It's because when you're in right in the marrow and the, the, the heat of depression and anxiety, it's horrendous. And it's really hard to imagine what it's like to feel well. It's like but we said before, when you're hot, it's imagine, try to, impossible to try to imagine being cold. If you're full, it's hard to imagine being hungry. It's that sort of opposite thing. But when yeah. you look back in a diary, you think, blimey, two weeks ago, I had three days where I felt really good. And that, and I thought, and you sometimes forget that when when you don't keep a note of how you feel every day. If someone said to you, right, three weeks ago Wednesday, how do you feel? You probably haven't got a clue. No, but you, if you write it down, you go, I felt really good that day. I'll you be, forget, you totally forget that it's it does come and go. Well, I'll be so, honest. I'll be honest with you. I I don't know how I feel from day to day. Yeah, and he, and and I'll tell you how I would say how my how my uh, um, depression manifests itself. I don't really feel like. I'm living, I feel like I'm just rolling along. Existing. Existing. Just so rolling not, along. Okay. And, and you know, and sometimes that existence can be good and sometimes it can be bad. Yeah. And in any period of time that can sort of excel or it can get, it can get really bad. And I think, you know, with what's been going on lately with people, you know, just – People who you look like they've got from on the surface look like they've got everything. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, they top themselves. Yeah, well, what, and it's it, such a shock, and it's such, and you just think you look at these people and you think they've got everything going for them. Their world couldn't be any better, and the next thing, they're gone. Well, it, that brings me neatly. I don't know if that was a, a purposeful, a purposeful segue there, but it does bring me very neatly on. So we've lost two. Really lost, lost, lost. We've lost. Uh, two people in the last couple of weeks. One was um, Kate Spade, who was a fashion designer, mm. she, and she hung herself, and Anthony Bourdain, the chef and social commentator and author, who also hung himself. Mm. She was 55, he was 61. So um, it really, really sad. And I don't want to pick them apart because, I, uh, because uh, you know, it's they're both equally horrendous because they've left behind families and loved ones yeah. and the whole thing's awful. But I am going to focus on Anthony only because... I kind of feel I know him better than I didn't really know Kate Spade at all because I'm not yeah. into handbags and that's what she did. Yeah. Um, but Anthony Bourdain was a hero of mine for many years. He's an he was an amazing author, an incredible cook, an incredible raconteur, a brilliant social commentator. He was a very daring man mm. who spoke out about a lot of things that people aren't dared to speak out about, like the whole Weinstein case and blah, 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 blah. So he's, he's amazing. And he's a self-declared feminist as well, which I think is really <laughs> interesting coming from a male. But anyway, that's, mm. that's beside that. On the surface, as you said, he seemed to the most sorted soul I've ever seen. You know, he, he was a heroin addict when he was younger as an alcoholic. He got through all of that and completely changed, turned his life around and became, you know, this sort of famous um, journalist and uh, TV star. I didn't know he was a heroin addict. Yeah, heroin in his thirties and forties. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. Um, and the, and there's also and he's, and he's uh, uh, sorry, I was no, but I'm on, just going to get to the end of this. And I very rarely, I, I don't think I can ever remember being really properly shocked and actually upset by a celebrity death with the probably exception of Bowie but that was but this is more of a shock because Bowie we knew he was it well we kind of had rumors that he was ill it was still a shock but terrible cook but, as well yeah <laughs> but <laughs> no I, I had cheese on toast around his house once he burnt it to pieces <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he um he and I was just like my god he's hung himself what yeah. And I, I have no idea why. I have no idea what the reasoning was behind it. And it really upset me that someone like him 
who was seemed so confident and happy clearly wasn't. So it goes to show, and it's a clarion call to a lot of people say, you see a lot of people around you on the surface seem very sorted and very happy. You don't know what demons are going on inside. And you don't, heads. and people, you know, <clears throat> people listening to this, um, as you know, being famous makes no, no, no. odds, no, no odds at all. Neither does money or, or any of yeah, that stuff. No, if you, no you know, people, people suffer from, from depression and anxiety and who end up, you know, taking their own life. It's absolutely devastating in every way, but it's, it's one of those things that's getting more and more common. And we see, you know, just recently we've got England footballers coming out and saying they're so depressed and there's, you know, and on the surface you think the average person who most, I would say, most, most of people in this country who suffer from depression, I would say, most people would say it's financial terror. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it, it is a lot to do with is mm. a lot to do with depression. It, you know, it, I've got it myself. A lot, a lot of people suffer from, you know, they've got big mortgages wrapped around their neck, and they're they're they've got this going on, and that. And most of us are financially terrified, and that can obviously bring on a lot of depression. But you look at people sort of in the limelight who, who seem, you know, like these footballers, you're going to get loads of people go, cool, I feel sorry for him, 200 grand a week, you know, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's got nothing to do no, with that. it hasn't that. got anything to you do with You know that. and I know if you've got that, if you've got that head on your shoulders, that depression, you know it can just, it can start to take over and then when it takes over, you're in trouble. You get yeah. under that dark cloud and you're in trouble. And funny enough, you saying, Miles, um, about, you, you know, uh, Anthony, how do you say his name again? Bourdain. Bourdain being one of your heroes. Uh, a good friend of ours and a good friend to the show, Kevin Bishop. Yeah. Who's an absolute massive talent and I work with him a lot. And on the surface, he keeps, you know, everyone entertained. He, he, when you're on set, he's even in between times, he's keeping, we've done live shows when we've done Porridge together on BBC One. We filmed it all up in Manchester Studios. And he, in between times when he didn't have to, you know, he was playing to the audience and stuff like that. And he looks like the life and soul apart and he suffers from it. And I also know that he was a massive fan. Well, he trained to be a chef before he decided to become an actor. And That's he, right. And he said that Bourdain was a massive influence on him. Yeah. So, um, so what I was going to say... How about if I give Kev a ring? I don't yeah, know if it can even work. Yeah. And see if we can get him to have a little quick... Uh, have a chat with him. Yeah, I, did, I, I, sent him a, I sent him one of these WhatsApps earlier on. So you I not get back? Yeah, so, no, I'm going, to give him another, I'm going to give him another go and see if we can... If I can just get this phone to work. This is another thing that sends me into depression. So, technology. We just, so Ricky cannot handle any technology whatsoever. So, just, so shall I... Shall and I put I'm it, bad, but you're... I'm really bad. Should so I you put need it on the speakerphone. Speakers underneath. Oh, Kev. Hello. Hello, Kev. You're right, mate. Can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Can hear you all right. So we're just sitting here doing our little podcast, and I've just handed the phone over um, so that we can hear you. We've got it up to the mic now. Sitting here with Miles. Hello, Kev. You're right. Hello, Miles. And we're just talking about. Oh, and Sam. Say hello, Sam. Hey, Kev. You're right. Sam. <laughs> uh, very distant can we get him any la wait where are you uh, I'm in the garden you're not having a shit are you or something yeah I'm just having a shit in the garden <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm, on the roof, I'm on the roof of 
<laughs> what? Look, looking at your shit, inspecting it. <laughs> so Kev, we're just talking about um this chef, Anthony. Yes. So I know he I remember you saying he's like got a big influence he had a big influence on you. So can you t- yeah. tell us a little bit about what you think about it all? Well when I was uh, when I was a kid I, I wanted to be a chef. And um when I was a child actor, I used to watch the in between stages of being a child and a grown-up actor, times are pretty tough making that transition. And so I just got work in kitchens, uh, in, in uh, restaurants. And Anthony Bourdain was probably the only American chef that I really sort of liked. Oh, yeah. To this day, yeah. the only one that I really liked at all. And um, my sort of early influences were people like you know, Floyd. Apart from Colonel Sanders, obviously. Apart from Colonel Sanders, obviously, yeah. yeah he was... Uh, he was Oh, it's an amazing book. It's an incredible book, isn't it? Yeah. So, Kev, just a quick one. So, we're going to have you come in on the podcast properly one week. I know you couldn't make it this week because you was busy on top of the shed, but... Yeah, I was just washing my shed. They need to be washed. So, I was just saying, so do you suffer from it, Kev? Do you you suffer from depression, anxiety? Yeah, I mean, I've... Over the years, I've I have suffered quite badly with uh, I'd, I'd sort of I'd sort of episodes, as it were, and I and, and it's it's really tough because you never really you never really know you're in it until maybe someone will point it out to you or 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 you come out of it. As I, I was always find that you come out the other side and you go, oh God, I wasn't very happy then, you know, and yeah. uh, and and that's the thing. I think it's that sort of you know stiff upper lip and you know chin up stuff is is quite dangerous sometimes uh, uh, people uh, sort of like you know come on keep keep it up keep going and you never really address the, the situation no i think so, you're you're absolutely right kevin i think what's that's what so many people do do is they they feel ashamed that they feel like that so they constantly mask it they don't want to be at a do or in a group of people looking mopey and fed up and when someone says to you how are you doing even if you feel like shit you'll always go yeah i'm all right mate you never go do you know actually i feel depressed as hell i feel terrible inside but how are you you're never going to say yeah. that, are you? Do you know what I had a mate? It's funny because the other day I phoned a friend of mine and I, and I said to him, how are you? And he told me, he went, oh, I've had a terrible day. I, my, I've just tried to buy this house. It's fallen through and I thought, oh, shut up, mate. And it's just, and it's the same thing, isn't it? It's like yeah. we, we kind of, it, it's just, a, I don't know, I think when you're brought up in that, that way, it's just that you, you, you yourself have an intolerance for it sometimes, you know? And, 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 it's, and sometimes it's hard to identify it I mean, nowadays I'm much more receptive to that. I mean, some I, I, people talk to me and they say, oh, I'm not feeling good. I sit and have a chat with them about it and whatever. But I'm personally, even now, I really have to work on that. So I'm saying how I really feel. When people ask me how I am, I always say, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, great, yeah. thanks. And, and inside, you can be just crumbling away. Yeah, we, yeah. To be honest, Kip, we don't want to hear it, do we? I mean, it's a real East right. End thing where I'm from. You go, how are you doing? You all right, mate? And you, um, I did have a mate years ago, Tony, who went into sort of therapy and all of that. And little Tony, his name was, and 
And I remember going, hey, doing time, you all right, mate? And he went, he'd done exactly that. He said, you know, I haven't been feeling too... And, and exactly what you thought. I thought, oh, leave me alone. What have I done here? I'm yeah, going to miss me train, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we don't really want to hear it. We don't really want to hear it. But, but unless it's someone... I think it's very, I think that's very common amongst comedians and stuff. Is that, yeah. You know, I think a lot of comedians suffer with depression because... I know that for personally, I'm the worst person to tell that your cat's just died because, yeah. uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the piss. Directly to you, but I will, I will, I can't cope with the sincerity sometimes. No, you know, no, no. Being I'm... sincere and, and, and saying to someone, yeah. uh, you know, getting down and, and, and actually, I, I struggle with that. You know, I, I really do struggle with it, and that's why I'm in comedy because I yeah. can't, I'd ra- much rather deflect an issue. And actually sit down and face it head on like a grown up. Really. Oh, I, Ke- yeah, I know what you're saying, Kev. Do not invite me to a funeral, mate. I'm gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, soon as they start talking, I'm pissing myself. I'm in bits. <laughs> and it, I think it's a nervous thing. It you? is. It absolutely is. I've I've laughed the hardest. I, I've laughed the hardest in the situation. I'm absolutely not supposed to laugh. Yeah. And it's the I've, it's I've, the best I've, and the worst feeling. Once, I took my mate once to a gypsy funeral. Yeah. And. Um, and he's a bit special, my mate. Yeah. And, but he, always, he talks a lot. He talks too much, you know. And he, he went and he didn't know anyone. And he walked into the wake and he's gone up to the guy who's sitting in his chair and he's sat next to him. He's gone, I'm terribly sorry to, uh, about to hear about your wife. I, I didn't know her personally, but everybody here was very fond of her. And he was like, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, everyone likes her a lot. And he looked over to his left and there was a picture up next to him. And he went, oh, I'm a dance fan. He went, I didn't know you knew Eric Bristow. And the bloke turned around and went, that's my late wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I say, when I say that I, I, I nearly died there and then laughing. Like, yeah. To the point where I couldn't get out, I could not get out of the room quick enough. And, and, and in the end, I'm going to have to jump out of the window because I'm just openly... I'm openly laughing. Laughing, yeah, you got to be careful. It's very, and you, and you all know the, the the worst thing is when you know you mustn't laugh, you laugh more. But what you said, Kev, I think the reason is the reason comedians laugh at really dark stuff like that. And we we ourselves we have addressed some really serious subjects on this podcast, and we've ended up you know pissing ourselves laughing. I think because. That has been our coping mechanism. Yeah. You know, the way we've dealt with our depression and our darkness and that dark cloud is by sort of having a laugh about it and and getting through it. And, you know, maybe that's not such a bad thing. But, Kev, listen, we better not uh, go on too long. So, keep you too long, mate. What I was going to say, will you come in? We'll have you in in the next couple of weeks, if you would, come in and sit around the table with us. I'd love to. I'd love to. That's brilliant. Okay, your nice bit of cake, I spoil you. Yeah? Yeah, really nice. All right then, mate. All right, Kev. Lovely to speak to you, mate. Love you lots, mate, and I'll yeah. see you soon. Have a nice day. Yeah, see set up. Bye. Cheers, Kev. Bye, Bye mate. Bye, mate. Um, so that's nice, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a nice fella, Kev. So, uh, yeah, I've met Top man. Kev. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. More than nice. Lovely. Oh, don't worry about it. All right. All right. I'm getting a bed with him. All right. So go on, tell us, because uh, you're a bit brown, tell us about your holiday miles. So I, well, most of it's gone now, the town. I went to Grand Canaria for yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested in that bit. Just tell us about the boat ride, please. Oh. Just straight to the boat trip. We're not so interested in anything I, else. Now, it's interesting. I, I've written down here, 
I'm not interested. <laughs> Let's Let, on the boat. On the no, boat. On I've the got boat. there's got to be a lead up. I can't just jump straight in. Go on in. So I was away for a week and I've been really good the last few weeks. Yeah. And for some reason, halfway through all of just I feel a bit anxious and a bit odd. Yeah. And I think it's because I didn't have I had too much time on my hands. I, I find yeah. that when I too idle, much to drink. It could be that. Yeah. Oh, don't bring that up again. Oh he loves right. the boozes, man. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Go on. <laughs> I do think. I don't even think he's got depression. I think he's just a constant hangover. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do think that when you, when I, what for me, when I'm when I'm not busy, yeah, I I I invest far too much time in my thinking and and I idle. So Mm -hmm. as much as I love laying by a pool and doing sod all, I find that it's not particularly good for my mental health long term. I don't want it for a day or so. If I do it for too long, I get a bit twitchy Mm -hmm. because I like to be up and doing. But anyway, so while we're out there, I started feeling a bit odd and. I said, yeah, we should go out, rather than just lay by the pool, go on the beach, let's go out and do something. And Jill said, oh, I do this, um, I do one of these boat trips. I said, oh, yeah, she said, yeah, it's a, a dolphin and whale watching boat trip. I said, well, that sounds good. So he went up to the rep, sorted it all out. It's about 150 quid for all of us. So it was me, Jill, and the, my two girls. Yeah. And um, the coach picked us up, took us down to the, the pool, the, the, the marina. Yeah. And there was this big boat, like a catamaran. And it was big, it was about sort of 60, 70 people. Just get on the boat. All right, get all on right. the boat. <laughs> get on the boat. Come on. Yeah. No, so about yeah. 60, 70 people on there. Okay. And uh, as we pulled out of the, the harbour, yeah. um, the Tanoi came on saying, right, welcome aboard the spirit of the sea, wherever it was. We're going to, it's be, it'd be, I thought it was a two hour trip. He says, three hour trip. Oh, it's three hours. Yeah, it's a long so time. So yeah, it is a long time. So off we went and he said, um, uh, there's free drinks available, free soft drinks, snacks, um, and also um, Juan will hand out sick bags if anyone feels sick. So I thought, oh, yeah. oh never heard that before. So it might, maybe it's a thing. So I didn't take notes, but as we got further and further out, yeah. the sea got rougher to, and rougher to the point where it was just like being, you know, cakewalk affair. It was yeah, like yeah. being on that. It was just, it was just awful. I mean, really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. And the woman next to me, she was about sort of 70 odd. She, she, I looked at her, she all right? She went, oh, I really don't feel very well. So yeah. so she got a sick bag. And then I started looking around and bit by bit, everyone was starting to throw up. I thought, this is just a nightmare. Because yeah. I'm thinking, because my eldest daughter, Ella, yeah. has got a sickness phobia. She can't bear people being sick around. It like really makes her panic. Yeah. I thought, this is just a nightmare. So she starts panicking and she puts a blanket over her, shivering like this. Alice, my youngest, is having a panic attack because she thinks the boat's going to capsize. <laughs> Jill's trying to keep them together, and I'm thinking, oh, this is terrible. And all of a sudden, I thought, oh, I, I feel I sick. Don't feel right. I, don't, I don't feel right. And it got yeah. worse, and I was trying to ignore it, and it just kept coming back and back. And then I thought, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to bloody throw up. So I asked when I threw up in this bag, and I'll throw up for about two hours. It would not yeah. stop. And everyone was just chucking up in this bag. Guess how many dolphins and whales we saw? Go on. None. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> not one. So not so, one. So he took us back. And this is this is the rub. He took us back all the way back to the ferry port, all the way back to the port. And he said, terribly sorry, we didn't see any. It's a real rarity. He said, so uh it's compensation, you come back again tomorrow. I said, fucking forget it. <laughs> never, <laughs> never no chance. No chance. So I spent 150 quid to watch my kids have panic attacks and me to throw up a two hours. <laughs> Best Which, 150 well, could I've ever spent. It's a, it's a diversion from the depression. Oh, it was it honestly. From our, and I'll tell you now, I, I've i never had seasickness like that before. Mm. 
And it is one of the worst feelings because you know the only way, the best way to stop it is to get off the boat. You can't get off because you're in the middle of the bloody Atlantic Ocean. And it's not like when you've got a bug, because when you puke and you've got a bug, you feel better for a bit. But with that, no matter how many times you stick, you still feel sick. It's a terrible thing. Oh, it's It's so awful. I only ever had it once. It it was on a ferry. (laughs) It was on a ferry and there was no choppy sea or anything. And I was walking along and I thought, oh, tight, this don't feel right. And all of a sudden, I just got that really weird feeling. But that's how sometimes a panic attack can come on you like that. Oh, yes. Now, I was going to say that. Sometimes that nausea feeling, a panic attack starts a bit like that. Yeah. Then when you feel like you get that horrible sort of rushing behind your ears and that nausea and you feel like a bit like, oh, God, I'm going to be sick. That horrible, horrible sort of yeah, that horrible feeling. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's, it's so very... awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, but apart from that, the holiday was lovely. I had, yeah. a, I had a nice time apart from those three hours There the is boat. a saying. There is a saying. And it, a lot of people do this with depression. They got a three-hour boat ride. Yeah, they, they, there is a saying. <laughs> yeah, no three-hour boat ride. But is to say they say that you can't run away from your head. Yeah. And a lot of the times, what we do, we try and get lost in something, so that we haven't got to be with ourselves. So we, you know, we book up an holiday, or we go and do this, we do that. We try and get lost in something, but your head's always with you. And it's yeah. about dealing. It's about dealing with it, and about you know what is going on in this world. Why all of a sudden? I'm sure when I I'm sure when I go back to when I was a young kid mm. in the East End, I don't know whether because it was a simpler life then, but it seems the more complicated life's becoming, the more people are getting depressed. Well, t- I'm gonna I'm gonna just let me no, finish. Let no, me no, finish go, with go, this. Go, 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 go. Let me finish with this. Yeah. I think. See these mobile phones? Yeah. There is definitely a link to depression with these. And I know because we most of us end up staring at these phones from morning till night. You get nothing. What I've learned from life, you get nothing for nothing. And you end up looking at rubbish. You end, you know, you end up you end up on eBay. You don't even want nothing on eBay. You'll end up on going from one site to another. You're looking on Twitter. You're looking at this. You're looking at that. You're going from one thing to another. And I'm wondering if all this technology that's coming in, the more technology we're getting, is it creating, is it making depression worse? When it was simpler, when them old sayings like give yourself a shake, get out there and stop thinking about yourself, which are really aggravating, by the way, when you're in the depths of depression. Mm. It's the last thing you want to hear. But is there something in that? Well, I, I, do you know what? I, I think too. I don't think I don't think mobile phones help. I think people just get buried in them too much. I don't think social. I've said this before. I don't think social media helps at all, mm. especially when you get people get obsessed with it because all it is is you're making comparisons all the time. They got a better life. They're prettier than me. They're they're thinner than me. They wear better clothes. They go on better holidays. Oh, look at what they're doing. Their family looks perfect. That constant comparison, bombarded with adverts telling you that you should do this, you should do that. And I, I, I think you know I've thought several times about coming on Facebook, but it is. But look at what old Look at what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting here doing a podcast. We've got our friend Jake in here, who's you know who's talking about sticking us on social media or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we're doing. So I think it's all good in it's all good in little bites. It's yeah. all good in little bits. In it's using it to its best advantage, rather than getting swamped, getting webbed up, and all the nonsense that doesn't matter and brings you down. I so think I think what well, you know, it's like when you go into therapy. The only thing you get out of therapy is barriers. 
That's what you get. When you go and see a therapist, what a therapist does is they give you boundaries. They go, well, if you don't do that and do this and do that, and I think what we need to do to try and get, to try and feel better is have some, I've got no boundaries. If I eat one chocolate, I'm going to do them all. If I have one glass of beer, I want to drink a thousand glasses of beer. If I'm going to look at that phone for five minutes, I want to look at it from morning to night. I think it's about getting them boundaries and sorting ourselves well, out. Well, limiting yourself. And I've so going back to the thing you, you were saying earlier about when years ago, and I think I think a lot of people did suffer years ago, but just didn't talk about it. Not in the way yeah. we do now. I think because we're more open and honest about... I think it's twofold. I think, yes, more people suffer now, but I think also... A lot of people didn't talk about it years ago. And especially think, blokes. Especially blokes. And that's why you had, years and years ago, so many men were alcoholics. Mm. That's the way they coped. That's why so many men lived down the pub, because they were they couldn't cope with life. They just get... My granddad, my uh, you know, my great uncles, they were just pissed all the time. I remember going around, yeah. not in a horrible way, they just yeah. drank all day, you know, went to the pub, and always drinking. And it makes and you was, wonder, how long, you know, how long, how long have people been suffering? And, and if you do, if you do... I know you. You're when you're at home. If you say I feel really low and really thing, you know your your wife come gives you a cuddle and it's mm. all think my ass they won't suffer it. So my dog was just like, you know, I said I, I said <laughs> on that Sunday when I was in bits and I just couldn't move off the city. I said my energy is so depleted. I could hardly talk. My energy is so depleted. I said I can't hardly move. And I thought I was going to go, ah, you know. And my daughter just looked at me and went, couldn't have anything to do with you being 20 stone, could it? <laughs> <laughs> Completely destroyed me. Completely destroyed me. She's got a point, mate. She's got a point. Got Let's a point. wrap the show up. Look, I'll tell you what. So I'll tell you what. We're going to go into Sam in a minute. He's going to fill us in all the the, the stuff on the website. And the oh, right, right, yeah, but right. what I was going to say was, unless you want to add anything, Sam, in a minute, I want to just say... No. Can I, I'm not going to do the, well, actually, I actually want to do a bit of a crime watch thing at the end. Because you know, they always say, please remember, don't have nightmares. Well, we do, because we always talk about this in a really open and honest way. And we all have been suffering for years. But what I would say to all the listeners out there, there is hope. You will get better. Nothing is forever. You'll get better and then you'll feel shit again. And then you get better. And it, this oh, what no, no, come no, on, come on. No, I'm just saying to people. This is Martin Luther oh. King. No, I'm just. <laughs> he's crying out with some big speech. What, just, no, because, no. just because Trump's got with uh, King Jong-un, you think you can why. start you coming out speech? I don't know why I no fucking bother. In, no one's interested. I hope you're all struggling. Go on, so, go on. Go on. No, no, Sam, no, wrap no, the no, show up. I'm just going to say. Hurry up, I'm starving. What? All I was going to say yeah. was nothing's forever. It does get better and it may yeah. get worse again, but don't ever think. Well, I was going to say Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade made yeah. a permanent solution to a temporary situation. They took their own lives. In a week or so's time, things could have been a whole lot better for them and their lives could have moved on. And unfortunately, we've lost them. So don't, it is difficult. You know how when you feel really desperately low. I don't know why I'm that's there. A clever, that's a clever move you've done there because yeah. you've stuck it. I can't really <laughs> have it on pop. you. I can't have a pop you now said to me before. Go, oh, it's terrible what you, you said. said to me before, I want out. And a week yeah. later, you said, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right today. Yeah, I know. So there we go. Right. There we there we go. So I'm just saying. Be like Miles. 
Be like, like Mark. Be like me. Be like you. Go on a boat trip. Right. Sam, Thanks. Wrap it up. B20 stand. Don't move off the sofa. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, everyone. thank you, everyone, for listening and getting in touch with us over the last couple of weeks. We'll be doing another episode uh, in, a, in uh, next week, week yeah. after. With him. Uh, we've got a load more questions from people, which is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, find us on Twitter if you're happy and you know it. Uh, the acronym, and then we are Facebook is Happy New Net Podcast, and so if you, Instagram is the let same. Let him finish. All Instagram's right, well, the same. That's it. That's but expect right. very fast. You know, from where I'm from, people around my way they don't they won't get it. Happy and you know it. So I'll tell you what. <laughs> happy you and to, you know it. Or go and to the, the website. It's everything's on there as well. Everything's the on the on website. Yeah, so what is the website? Happyandyouknowit.co.uk. Okay, that's all we need to know. All right. Can I go and have something to eat now or what? What do you, you fancy? Well, we can't go King's Cross. All right, see you later. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>